Hello and welcome to the Motley Mystic's Meditation Musings. I'm Candace Shalhoub, the Mott Head or the Head Motley Mystic around here. In this podcast, I take you out on my daily dog walks with me where I often record some off-the-cuff musings about the Motley collection of spiritual thoughts and ideas that wander into my mind during the day. In this episode, I muse about the notion of our self-saboteur, that part of us that says we're not good enough, smart enough, and no one really likes us anyway. We give this part of ourselves the power to undermine our dreams, our visions, and our goals. And I've struggled with my own pattern of self-sabotage, so today I had a come-to-Jesus moment with that part of myself, and here's what happened. I hope you enjoy this episode. Throughout my whole life, I've really sort of envied these kind of people who have what is called the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, they talk about big, successful Fortune 500 company executives who have made money ever since they were kids. You know, they figured out how to sell baseball cards to their friends, or they figured out how to mow every lawn in the neighborhood, or they, I don't know, opened up a popsicle stand or something. But whatever it was, these days kids are like building apps and making millions of dollars. But whatever it was, these were the people who were go-getters. They were the ones who were going to go out there and make money and make success, build a business. And I've always envied that. And as a matter of fact, you know, I listened to a bunch of business guru types, masterminds who uh, hold these events and they present people who, who have had success and they sit on stage and they talk about their success stories. And this is how I did it. I was, I was in a terrible corporate job that I hated and I quit it and I struggled for five minutes and now I make a million dollars a year. And those stories are supposed to be inspiring, but they piss me off. They really make me mad. I've never been able to do that. Even I've never had a million dollar idea, even if it was a million dollar landscaping idea. You know, there are million dollar landscaping companies out there. That's somebody's passion to make your yard look good. But I haven't been able to do that. I've, I've had ideas. I mean, I founded this magazine called Whosoever for LGBTQ Christians back in 1996 when the internet was run by a hamster on a wheel and there wasn't anything out there like that. It was the first ever magazine designed for that community. And I wanted it to be my full-time job. I wanted that. You know, I was going to be a magazine publisher, you know, uh, either in print or on the internet. But that was that was the dream. That was my passion. And it never made me any money. But of course, I set my intention. I had set my intention back then that whosoever would pay for itself. And you know what? It did. It did fulfill its intention, so I can't be mad at it. I tried to change that intention at one point and say, no, I would prefer that it make me some money. But it never did. I've had other ideas throughout the years of my life, things that... I probably could do of setting up like coaching practices or being a copywriter or, you know, just using my writing skills in different ways. In 2010, I started a spiritual community here in Columbia, South Carolina called Jubilee Circle. And I thought, well, maybe we can build this up to where this could be a full-time job. And so far that has not materialized. I read all of the books about 
starting a church and the first thing they said was don't hold your first meeting until you know 300 people are going to show up well we still wouldn't be meeting if that were the criteria but see i'm just not good at that how do i get 300 people to show up i have no idea how do you get how do you get that many people to come see you in a building i can't imagine it so therefore i have not been able to do it <sighs> And so I fill my head with all of these teachers, these teachers that tell me how to do it, you know, that give you all of the best advice in the world and all of the pumping up that you need to get her done. And I still can't do it. And I realize it's called, in some circles, self-sabotage. But I was reading from another entrepreneurial mastermind, Christine Kane, who I really respect. She was talking about, you know, don't call it sabotage unless you're, you know, in the military. You know, it's not sabotage. You're not sabotaging yourself. You're just replaying an old pattern. And the old pattern that we call our self-saboteur is just a survival mechanism that you've been using since you were a kid. The pattern of the, quote, self-saboteur is don't get above your raisin. Don't, don't get too big for your britches. Who do you think you are to teach somebody something? Who do you think you are that you think you have some higher knowledge or more wisdom than somebody else. That's the self-saboteur I've been dealing with. And another article I read just this morning, which I thought was very interesting, it was from a business coach named Ed Batista, who writes some incredible and cerebral stuff, but this one was very straightforward, very clear. And it affirmed a lot of the things that I have been hearing from other coaches and teachers that I've been listening to recently. And that's how to deal with your inner critic. All of them say, and, and Batista put it in a very good way, but all of them say, don't try to get rid of it. The teacher I listen to the most, Kyle Cease, talks about making space for that critical voice, you know, of welcoming it. The self-saboteur is welcome in my body. That's worked for me to an extent, you know, to say, okay, you're welcome to be here. Because once we try to get rid of the inner critic, that's when resistance starts. That's when it's, it's going to scream louder and louder and louder. And so instead of trying to get rid of it, Batista talks about renegotiating the relationship. And this really struck me this morning, of renegotiating the relationship. So in meditation time this morning, I sat with my inner critic. I invited it over. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about inviting our anger for tea. And so I invited my inner critic to meditate with me, to hang out. And I began this renegotiation of our relationship. And I told it, first of all, I thanked it. Because, you know, it has been this inner critic that has stopped me from taking risks and maybe taking some stupid risks. And so I recognized that. And so I said, thank you. You know, you probably have saved me from going broke or <laughs> being homeless or, you know, really taking some stupid risks financially or, or professionally. And so thank you for that. I said, but things are changing around here. And that means your role is starting to change. You know, you have had the role of being in charge. You've had the role of being the boss. And so when things kind of got scary, when the rubber was about to hit the road, you would step in and go, nope, this isn't the direction we're going, that's all right. Yes, I know everybody's disappointed, everybody thought this was the, was the one, but no, no, stand back, it's okay, I got this. But you know what, my lovely inner critic, 
That's not your role anymore. That's not your role anymore. You're getting a demotion. You're still in the organization. We are not kicking you out. You have been a valuable player, and we want to acknowledge that. But it's time now for you to stand back. You are still welcome to make contributions. We still want to hear from you because we think what you have to say and what you have to offer is valuable. But you're now no more valuable than the higher self. As a matter of fact, we'll listen to you, but the higher self is in charge now. That divinity part is in charge now. You are part of the ego, and we understand. We understand that you have, all you have been trying to do is keep us safe, but in the process, you've also kept us small. You've kept us from expanding. You've kept us from becoming what the Holy Spirit says we could become in this world. And so, thank you for your service. You are still a welcome member of this team, but you are going to be in your rightful role. And I believe if we do this with our inner critic, if we renegotiate our relationship with the inner critic, it can become a valuable part of the team. It has a say but it no longer makes the decisions. And so what about your self-critic? Is it running your show? Is it keeping you small? Is it keeping you from taking that risk to step into new situations and new callings that could expand you in ways that are scary because it's outside your comfort zone. Anything that's going to expand you is going to be outside your comfort zone. And your inner critic's going to go, uh-uh, nope, we ain't going there. But just make them one of the voices in the committee in your head, not the decision maker. They don't get that role anymore. The decision maker is your higher divine self. The decision maker is the part of you that wants to expand, that wants to grow, that wants to see what they can do in this world to help this world. Yeah, some financial success might come with that, but that's not the point. The point is that we are always, always being called to grow. We are always being called to expand. And the things that call us to expand are risky. They're scary. And we could fail. We could fall flat on our face. And you know what? The self-critic can go, say, hey, I told you so. But your spirit side, that deeper part of you can say, yeah, but look what we learned. Look at the experiences we had. Look at the things we did that we had never done before. Look at how much more expansive we are now for having tried than not having tried at all. And that, that is worth every risk you take. That is worth every piece of expansion you claim in this world. Even if it doesn't pan out the way you wanted it to, maybe it pans out better. Maybe you start the million dollar landscaping project. Maybe you, maybe you don't. But what you do is you expand, you grow, you become something more than you were the moment you started. And that's the point of living, my friends. That's the point of being here. It's not just to stay in our lane. It's not just to stay in our small ways and our small ways of thinking and being and doing. It's about becoming more. It's about always becoming more and stepping out of our comfort zone and stepping into things that offer us growth and expansion, even if it doesn't lead to a lot of money, even if it doesn't lead to, to anything other than just the experience 
of being different and better at the end of it. So I invite you, renegotiate that contract with your inner critic because it doesn't get to be the boss anymore. It's not the one who makes the decisions. Your higher divine self, that's what makes all of the decisions. That's the voice we should be listening to. The inner critic can have its say, but it cannot have its way. Thank you for spending some time with me during my mobile Motley Mystic Meditation Musings. I hope that you'll join me again for future podcasts. In the meantime, you can find more of my writing over at motleymystic.substack.com. And you can listen to my sermons and other teachings over at Jubilee Circle by visiting jubileecircle.com. The music that you're hearing is a song called Lazy Day by Jason Shaw from the website Free Music Archive. Until next time, you motley mystics keep musing and meandering.